2: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim, and Chris on today's Wimbledon preview sponsored by DownloadTennis.com.
0: Murray opens against a fellow Brit,
1: sits a pass versus team in round one,
0: and Svitolina faces Venus Williams.
1: Today is the 30th of June. We are here to catch up on the Wimbledon Draws, which took place a matter of hours ago. They are hot off the press and we have lots and lots to discuss. Um, We're gonna be delving into the draws on the men's and women's singles uh, sections, making some potentially dodgy predictions as usual, and also revealing our collect a set um, cohort for, for this edition how are you feeling Chris excited for Wimbledon it's only what three days away now getting your tent ready for the queue
0: well I am getting my tent ready for the queue but someone who's got their tent ready already is Joel who's not with us today he's in Belgium camping at a festival so I think maybe he's got himself into the wrong queue Kim what do you think about that
1: well I don't understand why Joel is willing to camp for music but not for tennis I thought I thought tennis was his one and only true love and I yet yeah, he's not willing to camp for Wimbledon, which has always baffled me listeners. We need to try and get Joel to do it just that one time to experience the queue because he's never actually done it.
0: We've got to get that on our socials, a poll. If the listeners say he has to do it, then he will do it. I think it's probably <laughs> because if you live in London, it seems odd to camp in London. Maybe there's something there where he could have the comfort of his home, a nice warm shower, a nice bed, but I'm pretty sure the queue's wouldn't be as bad as a festival in terms of camping
1: no the queue is worth it i do love the queue uh, i mean the last time we actually saw joel he was in a hospitality tent at the boodles um for all we know he could still be there and this camping in a very Belgium, different tent kim it's a pretense, <laughs> different sort of tent tent involving champagne but we had a fantastic day at the boodles um, it was great to see some live tennis uh great to chat to some of the players get some uh, lovely food and drink as well um and yeah, I had a fantastic time. don't know about you, Chris. It was great.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful. I think um, I'd not been to the Boodles before. And I think if anyone who's thinking about it, maybe next year, um, it's something that is super nice to see. Great tennis, super close up. And the atmosphere is just so relaxed and lovely. So it's um, definitely no queuing. So I can think that Joel will definitely be back next year. No camping, all very easy. You get a wristband and then everything is unlocked to you. So um, thank you very much to the Boodles for having us, and we look forward to bringing some of the interviews for some of the players who are featuring in the draw a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's, it was exciting to hear from them, and also yeah, we've got some. We did ask them a question about the Wimbledon queue, so um, it's so a very
0: we'll... good question, Kim. I have to say, all <laughs> credit goes to you for the question.
1: Uh, well, on in other news, before we get on to the the details of Wimbledon, um, a piece of news I think it broke yesterday. Uh, really exciting and that is that Caroline Wozniaki is returning to the tennis tour. Uh, she released this on social media, saying that she still has goals she wants to accomplish, and she's decided as a family that it's time for her to get back out there. What did you make of this news, Chris? Could you see this coming? Was it always on the cards, or is it a surprise? Well, I do,
0: I'm very obviously very pleased to hear that she's coming back, but I did go to her farewell match, um, I think about a year ago, so she, Everyone can change their minds. And if Serena wants to change her mind at any point, of course I will fully support that. But um, maybe I'd like a refund on that match with Kerber just because it wasn't the final farewell. Um, I think we will be having a few more matches from her. But um, I don't think it's kind of been the best kept secret. I think she's been posting quite a lot to... Um, her social channels of her kind of hitting the ball again, it's been looking good. And um, if she's just preparing for like the legends doubles, I feel a bit scared for her opponents. So it does all make a bit more sense now. But as we've said, she's so popular on the tour. And in Denmark, I mean, she's basically the queen of Denmark in many ways, the co-queen of Denmark. So I think everyone um, will be very pleased to see her back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's exciting because you're based in Denmark. So having, you know, a big female name like back in action on the tour, representing Denmark is gonna be fantastic. So hopefully, you know, you'll be able to get her on the pod. Get on the pod. Maybe yeah, share tennis weekly with Danish fans even further, you know, beyond Holger Room. They've you know, they're gonna be great. Like, yeah, really pleased that Caro's coming back. Um we'll have to see like uh how that goes and obviously we'll be you know reporting on it but um yeah I thought that was a really nice positive bit of news but also yeah like you said that farewell match um I guess it was a farewell for now because she's she's coming back Uh, but let's talk about Wimbledon um obviously there's a lot to unpack with the draws uh one thing that that kind of we wanted to I guess touch upon is the and I, I love all these kind of um they like the arts and the, the poster works that we have um coming out for all the grand slams i think year on year they they kind of go for different styles different themes and you know they're, they're really you know nice kind of bits of memorabilia but the wimbledon poster for this year has caused a bit of controversy hasn't it chris well i'll um
0: i'll describe it quickly for anyone who can't necessarily see it so it's um, walking down the stairs of Centre Court um, and at the front it's Alcaraz and Sinner and then there's rivalries throughout the sort of decades going behind them. And I have to say that the way that this has been done, and I'm not, uh, I don't think Andy Murray said this just because um, he's not featured, um, he did call it a disaster. Um, so there are some fantastic players in there but like alcaraz Karaz of all the Wimbledon rivalries that we know probably doesn't feature in the foreground and I get the idea of the future the current but they've not played a slam fine at Wimbledon and then they've not necessarily had that um, rivalry there and then right at the back um, is the world number one Igor Sviontek and last year's champion Rebecca, and then just in front of them is the Williams sisters and then it's quite male dominated I would say and then The thing that probably stood out for most of us is that just behind is, um, you know, the big three. And if you think about Wimbledon, well, I mean, Murray's won two, Nadal's won two. Um, And so it's a bit of an odd one. So I think the idea was nice, but I just think it's absolute disaster when it comes to execution. What do you think, Kim?
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't actually get the rivalry uh, concept like jumping out at me. I thought, okay, maybe the focus is they just want to focus on like future talent, and they've picked Alcaraz and Sinner as the two that they think are spearheading that maybe and then they've got, you know, the big three behind and like, I guess, some former players and then I couldn't actually, to be honest with you, I couldn't make out that it was even Svjantik and Rabakina at the back.
0: They're that far back. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, and I think it's not very good that, most of the female players are at the back. That just does not help with the kind of you know gender debate about you know does the women's tour have parity with the men's tour? I think the fact they focus on five male players right at the start is is also a bit problematic. I mean, I do love the bit with the big three. I think that's really nice. But I that's just having a great
0: time, aren't they, Kim?
1: <laughs> and There's I the hand on a
0: chest from <laughs> the They're all very buddying up
1: yeah they do look like they're having a nice i mean i really like the sort of styling of it the fact they're walking down the stairs but i just think there are issues with it um and i'm not You'd sure love to
0: hear the conversations right kim in terms of like so we're briefing in this piece of artwork Who yeah should you put at the front i'm really wanted well, to know maybe alcaraz Senna. i probably came up by like this and now we're all maybe over scrutinizing it but i do just think um it's one of those things where you think well, surely wimbledon wimbledon doesn't normally put a foot wrong when it comes to some of the things that they they put out from a visual perspective, I think it's all very considered. So um, this does feel like a bit of an anomaly. And I think maybe they'll think twice before they put something out like this again.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, like the, the eyes that it's it's gone through, like on panels or what have you, the process, I'm, I'm not sure if it's been fully thought out. But we will see. Um, as I said, I like the artistry of it a lot. Um, and I'm intrigued to see what artistry we're going to get from you know on-court action at wimbledon I've, i hope we're going to see a lot of it uh because wimbledon you know we have seen a lot of artistry over the years on center Court and across the painting the, grounds. the lines painting the lines yeah um let's look at the men's draw to start with uh we'll go quarter by quarter and at the top of the men's draw we do have carlos alcaraz he has recently regained his number one ranking as a result of winning queens so he can tick that box for grass court tournament victory he'll be aiming to go deep at Wimbledon for the first time he could have a potential quarterfinal with Holger Roon so that is the um, you know estimated quarterfinal matchup obviously with those sorts of things especially at Wimbledon they often don't happen we do have some surprises along the way Um, but yeah generally what do you make of Alcaraz's section of the draw do you think he's on track to reach that quarterfinal do you see anyone in that draw that section of the draw challenging
0: him? Uh, I think it's going to be hard isn't it when you look at the draw I think for anyone playing against him I mean I personally didn't know that Jerry Machardi would be able to play in the draw I thought probably he wouldn't be able to have the ranking up there but he's got quite a few French players to overcome um, on his way and some big servers I think Jerry could obviously potentially take a set you know I think a good serve and kind of the willingness to play aggressively there could be a chance there but you do have to think that Um, In the fourth round, if he is to play, you know, a Zverev or a Dimonar, that he has made them look quite, um, not like uh, um, average, but he has made quite short work of them. So for me in this section, I think it's a very good draw for him. And I think the real challenge will come from the quarterfinal stage onwards.
1: Yeah, I I don't see Alcaraz having too many troubles, I guess, early on. Like you said, there's quite a a lot of French players in his first couple of rounds, potentially. Um, and I was actually surprised that Nicholas Jarry was the 25th seed. I feel like that crept up on me from, from nowhere that he would be seeded. Um, Sasha Zverev, also in this sort of part of the draw. Alex Minaur, obviously, Queen's finalist. Francis Tiafoe, who has had some good results at slams over the last year. Grigor Dimitrov, a stalwart uh, sort of player. And then at the bottom, actually, Holger Rune and George Lofhagen, a British wildcard. So um we'll have to see how he gets on against against Holger um i think there's a couple of interesting um interesting um matches as well in the second quarter because we've got uh, Medvedev in this part of the draw uh and also Stefanos Tsitsipas both players who are not in great form um so they would be the projected quarterfinal lineup from this section but i don't think any of us have actually predicted either of them in the quarterfinal um why might that be um chris you know is it the fact they've got difficult draws or is it just the, their lack of form we can't look beyond that right now
0: i think i might have got medvedev for the quarterfinals but i do just think um they haven't had that form coming in um and they also maybe haven't got the most passion for the surface always um i think with medvedev we do know that he does love being on a hard court, and he did have that sort of um Klayvedev era Um, which was very much cut short at the French Open so I would say it's just a case that we haven't seen the evidence that they will be able to put in a good performance here obviously we've seen other slams they can definitely do that big matches and big tournaments they can get some good wins Um, but if you look at this draw I mean when you see Pass versus team two players that really don't necessarily enjoy the grass particularly and then you see just above those two names you see a certain Andy Murray and you have to think going into this if Murray could get A a decent seed who's not in form in sort of the round two that might open up the draw for him. You do have to think this is probably as good a draw as he could get. I don't know what you think, Kim.
1: Well, I kind of beg to differ. Like, I I don't think Sits is in great form. And I think him against Dominic Team is quite an interesting matchup. You know, the two big names and obviously Team is a shadow of his former self. But I think that's still quite an interesting matchup. But the winner of that would play, yeah, Andy Murray, most likely. Uh, Andy Murray's got Ryan Peniston, fellow Brit you know, a wild card in the first round, you'd expect Murray to come through that quite comfortably. Uh, although Penniston has done well at Queen's before. Um, but I don't know, I think Murray sits a pass probably the likely round two. i I'm still not 100% sure that's like super easy or great draw for Murray. Um, I think he'd still rather not play the number five seed. A big uh, match just,
0: on centre court, no? I'm just Under thinking, the you know, <laughs>
1: he, he lost to Alex de menor fairly comfortably at Queen's. And I know Alex Menor is probably in better form than Sitspass right now on a grass court. But I don't know. I th- I kind of still feel still a like question mark for you. Still a question mark. I would say Andy could have had a better draw. Um but he could have if had he's Nick gonna be beat- <laughs> If he's gonna beat a top seed, then Sitspass is one of the ones that's looking vulnerable at the moment based on how he's playing.
0: They did um, play last year, Kim, on the grass at Stuttgart, where Murray did win it in straight sets, seven six, six three. So yeah. there's hope, there's hope there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. no, absolutely. I mean, you probably um w- would you say out of this section Seb Corder is looking um the more likely of of the seeded players to potentially come through or even Cam Norrie, you know, last year's semi-finalist.
0: Yeah, I think um Corder, this is a good draw. We've talked about him last time about the fact he has very big expectations of being the Wimbledon favorite, but um he's had um a pretty a pretty decent run into the tournament and he's got all the weapons for it. He thinks he's moving really well on the grass, so That was probably what I would say the big question I have is if he is able to play some of the tennis we saw earlier the year in Australia, I mean, why not Seb Corder? I think we've seen him play some fantastic tennis when he took out Dan Evans previously. Um, I think he'll have some really good chances. And I think this is a section where it is kind of what you make it. I think there will be some surprises here. And um, I mean, there's also kind of Tommy Paul, who's not necessarily the biggest um, clay court fan or necessarily a grass court fan. And he might face... Um, a certain Milos Raonic, who's making his comeback at a slam here so there's a few players in here that I think could probably spring an upset and a few players that do particularly well on grass like a Man Arena for example might be a tricky one for Medvedev um, so I think this one is probably the hardest section for me to to predict or to have any idea. Not that we ever do, Kim, but <laughs> to have any clue as to what might happen.
1: We do our best, but it is hard. And Arthur Ferry has Medvedev in the first round. Arthur Ferry is a British wild card. Uh, so that's a good experience and exposure for him. Uh, I also think that Corder, I think he will come through, but Yuri Vesely in the first round is, isn't easy because Vesely has a big, big serve and has been known to just on his day, take out a top player. So I, I don't think that's like the, the most straightforward of openers for quarter but I do think Korda's in, in, in good shape. Um, let's There's a Serendulo,
0: at... isn't there? There's a seren- certain Serendulo there that I think you maybe might think could be making a run, Kim.
1: Well, I may or may not have put Serendolo in the quarterfinals uh, because I just feel like he might be sort of very consistent and just, get the job done in a couple of four or five setters along the way but we'll we'll get to that <laughs> shortly um let's have a look at the third quarter because i think this could potentially be another wide open section um because we've got the likes of yannick sinner and Casper Ruud in this bit of the draw obviously Casper Ruud we haven't seen on a grass court um yeah he's been off playing playing golf and what have you and yannick sinner is not in in great form i don't think we've seen that the fitness or the form from him really and they you know would be the top top two kind of seeded players in this bit so i think there's a potential for i guess taylor fritz to come through and, and have a great wimbledon again dan evans you know british player perhaps he can get a few wins under his belt um roberto former semi-finalist perhaps we will see him go deep again or or born of george you know we uh we spoke to him at the boodles and he hasn't played on grass for a while, um, but you know, it could well be that that he goes on a run. <laughs> what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think that this is wide open and on the, the Chorich point, I mean, I don't think I'd realize that he hadn't played on grass for four seasons. So when we were speaking to him, I think I was quite surprised to hear that he's kind of learning how to play on grass again. So I think we can um, listen to a little bit of that now. So it's your first time on grass for quite a number of seasons. I think it's four or five four, se- yeah. four seasons. Four or five seasons, yeah, yeah. So um, in terms of how your preparation's going, how is it kind of rediscovering your grass court game?
3: Yeah, obviously it hasn't uh, yeah, been easy, like I said, you know, I, I haven't played well in the, in the last two weeks, but um, no, hopefully this, uh, now hopefully these two matches can, uh, can get me some confidence mm-hmm. and I can get uh, into the, some kind of other rhythm and uh, also, you know, just to get used to the grass mm-hmm. and on
0: the, on the moment. so yeah. It's, it's going to be good, hopefully. Is there anything you know, that you've like forgotten about grass that surprised no, you? I or? mean,
3: I, I knew it's, it's going to be tough. I knew it's going to be slippery. I knew I'm not going to move uh, well. And um, I was ready for that. Obviously, I was I was hoping uh, for a little bit better results. Um, it uh, it just didn't happen. So, obviously, I'm, I'm here now and I'm just focused on the Wimbledon and um, on my on my tomorrow's match.
0: And um, in terms of Wimbledon, so how high are you setting your expectations or are you kind of taking it a match at a time and seeing uh, how it goes? Not really
3: high to be honest, I, I actually never set any expectations, but especially on the grass, as, as you said, in the last four years I haven't been playing much. Um, and then also, like I said before, I haven't been playing great mm-hmm. on the grass, not this year, so there's actually um, no expectations at all. Mm-hmm. I just want to play my best tennis as possible, I want to very very well and uh, I just need to give myself a chance to play uh, my best tennis.
0: And um, in terms of the match today, you look super focused out there. So awesome. in terms of how you're using this as preparation, are you treating yeah. it as kind of an exhibition or are you treating it very much no, as kind no. of a as match a, play? Uh, mm.
3: As a match play, to be honest, as, as I said, also, I, I need the matches on the grass, especially. And uh, I need to get used to the points on the, on the, on the returns as well. So I was, I was trying to be very focused and, and to be serious as, you know, in a couple of days, I'm going to be playing in, in the Wimbledon uh, for the first time after four years. Mm. Uh, and I'm actually uh, also really, really um, I'm I'm also really looking forward to that. So mm. I, you know, like I said, I just want to give myself the you know, the, the best, shot. The best mm. chance, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um so a big part of Wimbledon is the queue. And so a question that we've been asking the players is, if you're queuing, who would you queue for, past or present, if there's someone that you would think is worth camping for overnight? For Goran Joannicevic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Queue for him, yeah. No Absolutely. Yeah. How many nights every night he's playing?
3: Every night. No problem for him to watch him, you know, back then especially. Yeah. Um, uh, also even now, uh, but especially back then, yeah.
0: It's great that he did say Ivanisevic there as well. I think that was that was the that was Kim's question, the number one question of the day, which was around who would you queue for? And maybe if he does a few big serves like that, Kim, he has a chance of making a deep run here on the grass.
1: Yeah, if he can channel his uh, you know, inner Gore <laughs> former Wimbledon champion, uh, then then why not? Um, you know, he, he wasn't too optimistic, but I think it, it's certainly possible. And and Taylor Fritz, you know, he did so well here last year, almost got to the semi finals, had that amazing match with Rafa. But he's got Yannick Hampfman in the first round, who has been doing well out in Mallorca this week and is, you know, quite nifty on the grass. So even that's not easy for, for Fritz. And I think we've seen Fritz in the last year having some also very early exits at Grand Slam. So it's, you know something that he will be trying to, hard to avoid um, Absolutely. this time round,
0: because he. I remember coming out of Wimbledon. He had really big expectations at the US Open last year, where he thought he could win it, and he went out in the first round. And um, one thing I have seen on social media that um, I did find slightly funny is that his um, partner Morgan. Um, has got deals with all these brands for the entirety of Wimbledon. And then obviously he lost quite early um, this week. And then coming into this, I think maybe some of those deals with Ralph Lauren addressing her might be dependent on his performance. So I think he'll definitely be cheered on from um, from his girlfriend in that one because there's a lot of outfits to get through. So um, otherwise he might be in a, the doghouse on that one. But I don't, I don't necessarily see him coming through the first round, if I'm really honest, when it comes mm-hmm. to, to that one. I, I think I probably have picked him. To, to make it through in my predictions, but I don't think that's going to be straightforward at all. And I think when you look at uh, some of the rest of this side of the draw, I think it's so dependent on getting uh, past those players that um, might make it a bit awkward or a bit uncomfortable and getting to the later stages, because there are so many players. I mean, who would have thought that we might think that Casper has a, actually has a good chance of making it to his seeding um, in a Wimbledon draw. I think The big challenge for him will be kind of Batista Ogu because we know he's so good on grass. Um, He's been playing some really great tennis. He's obviously taken out um, Medvedev recently. And so I kind of just feel like this this is another section. We've talked about the last section being open, but it really is anyone's. um, Well, not anyone's to win. I think it's Djokovic's to lose, but I think it's um, anyone's to get through some of these quarters.
1: Yeah, I think Rude's draw is actually pretty reasonable, um, and I mean, I think Dan Evans actually has quite a nice draw as well. And if if Sinn isn't in great form, he Evans would be the one to, I guess, benefit if he can just get his you know job done in those early matches Liam Brody is also in this section another British wild card against Constant Lestienne of France I think that's a winnable match um, I do love though when you're looking at the men's draw you just see some matches that have like five sets written all over them one of those I'm earmarking is Dominic Kirp for against Oscar Otter I think that could be a five set I think Lloyd Harris Gregoire Barrer could be a five set screams five sets yeah and I think like earlier on in the draw we had like Berrettini Sonogo you know two Italians a Berrettini, you know, has been beaten by Sonigo, um, you know, before and obviously is coming back from injury. So probably not in in the greatest of of shape. So I think that could could be a bit of a tussle. Um, Stricker against Popperin, like there's quite a few matches as I was reading through the draw, I thought. Even Chorich as well. Chorich versus
0: pay I mean, Guido mm. Paya is known for very much liking yeah. a long match. And um, I think given kind of the fact the courts are playing a bit slower, Kim, if you've got a ticket, you better make sure that you're Uh, to buckle up because you'll be in for a few long matches, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You get your money's worth, that's for sure, with some of the men's matches. Um, Let's look at the last quarter of the men's draw. I mean, is there much point looking beyond Novak Djokovic for for this part of the draw or or for any part of the draw, you could argue? I think he's got a very nice draw. Um, I don't see any player that's going to challenge him in this section, to be quite honest with you, especially in his kind of opening three or four rounds um his seeded quarter finalist opponent would be andre rublev nick curios is also in this draw as well seeded but we know he's struggling a bit with an injury and we've got felix ogiela seem here Bublik, who recently won a title uh hubert herkaj has done well on grass before but i just don't see anyone beating djokovic over five sets from this quarter of the draw do you I mean, disagree i,
0: can, <laughs> I mean I, I, how can you disagree i mean i always love to disagree with someone but i think on this one i, I just can't i think the more that you see a Djokovic playing and even that match he played um, recently in an exhibition against TFO. I mean, it looked like he wasn't really having to kind of turn anything on and TFO was competing pretty hard and he looked pretty effortless on the grass. And I think that's something that we see in this section that there isn't anyone that really has that level of like consistent experience in this part of the draw. Um, and I think with Djokovic, I mean, at Wimbledon, he's almost um, impossible to beat and it slams in this year. He is uh has proved too much to beat so i think it's almost the best of the rest in this section and i think there are some chances here for some players especially in the top half of this last quarter um for rublev i think he would obviously love to get to a quarterfinal here at wimbledon but the chance of going beyond a quarterfinal i think he will still remain the bridesmaid kim to borrow a term from you um but i think the real thing that i'd like to see is kind of like what Bublik will we get here kim will he keep it going or will it be a first round exit
1: well, I think Mackenzie McDonald's been in good form this week. And I, you know, think he on his days, he's, he's a great player, but I was just a bit, I was thinking of actually predicting Mackenzie McDonald to get to the quarterfinal final or public. But then I thought sometimes players have done well recently. They kind of almost tire out, don't they, when they get to Wimbledon and it's, you can't always go off, off the recent form, but yeah, I, I'm not sure really. I've, st- I've personally still gone for Riblev just because of generalised consistency at slams but I mean what about Felix though um you know we spoke to him after his first match on grass at the Boodles which was against Diego Schwartzman um he said he was feeling pretty good actually heading into Wimbledon and also uh, an interesting answer from him about uh, who he would queue for so let's let's hear from him now
0: in terms of this your first match on grass yes um how did you find it how's your game going
2: pretty good you know Diego is a good player on the surface you know uh, of course with his height the the bounce is low and you just feel like he's on it you know he's on the ball every time Uh, and uh, even though yes uh, I have an advantage with my serve I do feel like you know he's a tough player to play on on grass and so it was a good challenge for me I thought I did pretty good for my first match on grass Mm -hmm. I I played two good sets I could have won the first set I mean I had a great second one so um, yeah, overall I'm happy I'm happy with my games up
0: so you're feeling positive heading into Wimbledon?
2: Clearly, yeah, yeah I'm feeling good.
0: I'm nice. And then the final question: So, if you were to queue for Wimbledon, who would you queue for? We're talking camping, not just like turning up on the morning. You're staying the night. Oh yeah, I'm staying the yeah, night. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, Is there a player past or present that springs to mind that you would? Oh, past or present? Yeah. Um,
2: definitely. If there were a McEnroe Borg match, I'd like sleep two nights. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah see that. It's, I mean I have so many vivid memories of like recent matches you know Rafa, Roger mm-hmm. and I've seen them play and I've played them but I've never seen these guys play yeah. live right Yeah. and you only see like vintage videos and you're like I just feel like it was it was a cool time it was different um, now it's very professional it's, mm-hmm. very, it's, it's good I mean the level has, has gone even higher but I feel like uh maybe they were even more expressive yeah. at the time and uh it's a piece of something, history yeah it's yeah. something different about it they were really they also really had a big impact like john in america and, and Bjorn all over europe mm. uh, on tennis mm. and, and fans that were following so i would have loved to, to see them play here.
0: and i did tell a lie favorite thing to do in london is my fi- uh, my final question
2: Favorite thing to do in london
0: when you're at wimbledon
2: Oh, at Wimbledon?
0: Yeah, right. Oh, could be, could be broader. Uh, it's open.
2: Play tennis? Play tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only yeah, come yeah, here to play tennis. Super original.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, favorite thing to do?
0: So, routine. Is there something that you always keep in your schedule when you're here?
2: Honestly, I mean, it might sound like boring, but we get a house every, every time. Yeah. And I rarely do that when I'm yeah. on uh, tournaments. I'm usually staying at the hotel. And my mom, like, is on vacation. Mm. And she's not, like, at work. So she always comes from Wimbledon. Yeah. So my favorite part is just like coming back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super and have nice. her like cook like home meal. That's that's just my favorite part. Like I I walk or basically we take a drive but it's like 5 minutes yeah. to the site and then after that to come back home and feel like you're Yeah. It's like back when you were like a kid. Yeah. It feels like, super cozy. Yeah. Thank you so
0: much for your time, thank Felix. Thank you, thank Cheers. You.
1: I love the fact that he said he would actually camp two nights there. Um listen that's up, real Joel. dedication. Yeah. don't yeah. listen to
0: that. Even Felix is going to camp
1: exactly although the players he wants to camp for you know aren't around i guess playing on the tour of course um he can
0: camp fingers crossed maybe he'll walk past them if they're commentating
1: he'll otherwise yeah he'll be camping for forever for, box. for nothing <laughs> legends legends um but yeah he seemed like he would actually consider it which is nice um and we'll yeah we'll have to see how how he does but i think that brings us nicely onto our predictions now chris because We've gone through, you know, top level kind of draws here. Let's see who we've got quarter by quarter. Um, Joel's also very kindly sent his in from Belgium. So uh, we'll see how ours compare or differ. Um, who have you got in your first quarter final?
0: I couldn't see past Alcaraz and Runa for that one.
1: Oh, I've got Alcaraz TFO. I'm not so convinced by Runa, but I know I know you tend to, you know,
0: Well, Joel and I tend to be, him. don't we?
1: <laughs> Joel's also gone Alcaraz Runa. Um, second quarter, who have you got?
0: I Well, I did go for Medvedev. I'm starting to think that maybe that wasn't a good choice based on the fact that neither of you two did, but I went for Medvedev and Quarter.
1: Okay. Ah, oh, so you have gone for Medvedev. Um, Yeah, I went for Corder as well. So has Joel. This is where we've kind of thrown in, I guess, maybe some slightly different uh, individuals. I've gone for Serendolo to reach the quarterfinal. final.
0: I can't believe that.
1: And Joel's gone for Talon Gregspoor, uh, who's you know did, in did in win a grass court event recently. That just shows how little faith me and Joel have in Medvedev uh, right now on grass, so I'm sure he'll prove us wrong. Um what about your third quarter, Chris?
0: Well, I've gone for Batista Agu versus Fritz. I feel like that could be The one that's going to happen, even though I said already that Fritz's might go up round one. So I'm covering (laughs) all bases.
1: Yeah, well, I've also I'm I'm in agreement with you on on. Bautista Agu, RBA, I've gone for him, but I've gone for Nishioka. who um, has gone rogue. To come through. I've gone really rogue. I couldn't help myself.
0: It d- doesn't work when we don't go rogue. So why? No, you normally win, Kim. This is really rogue for you.
1: <laughs> I just wasn't convinced about Taylor Fritz. Um, I- and his. I didn't know his girlfriend had signed up for all of the um sponsorship, he's here for the so whole week
0: no matter what he has to win
1: that's extra motivation for him if i'd known that before i would have i would have predicted him now <laughs> uh, but joel's gone for the same as you as well fritz against uh rba um so we'll we'll have to see how that pans out and then your fourth quarter who have you gone for i'm, I'm guessing Djokovic, obviously
0: well, I, I was thinking i'd probably go Djokovic here but i believe i've gone for the same as joel again with Djokovic and Bublik making it through did you go for something different?
1: Yeah, you and Joel are quite similar, actually. I've gone for Rublev, Djokovic. I think Rublev's just general consistency is going to carry him through. But I think he'll crumble in the face of a Novak Djokovic <laughs> in the quarterfinal. <laughs> Positive. Um, <laughs> so let's look at our semi-final lineups. Uh, who have you got in your semifinals, Chris?
0: So in my semi-finals, I've gone for Alcaraz, Corda. I think that'll be a very interesting one. And then in the other semi-final, I've gone for another deep run for RBA and he's facing off against Djokovic.
1: Oh, I've gone for exactly the same as you. Really? Once, once you've got to the semis. Yeah, I've 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 weaned out the sort of...
0: Uh, I feel a lot more confident in my decision now, Kim.
1: <laughs> I don't like aligning with Joel. <laughs> well, Joel's gone quite similar. He's got corder and Djokovic as well, but he's gone for Holger Rune instead of Carlos Alcaraz and he's got Taylor Fritz instead of RBA. So uh, yeah, he's, he's going with kind of Fritz from last Wimbledon and, and that kind of form. Um, so your final, I'm assuming Novak Djokovic features.
0: I've, gone one, I've got one and two, Alcaraz Djokovic with a Djokovic win.
1: Okay, I've gone for exactly the same. Uh Joel has gone for Rune against Djokovic with Djokovic winning. <laughs> uh but we are unanimous in the fact that we think that Novak Djokovic is going to win. I think there's absolutely no way he is not winning this Wimbledon barring sort of exceptional circumstances. Um so it's it's up to all 127 Seven, other players yeah. in the draw I had to think then for a minute uh to see if they can Do their best to stop that from happening. Uh, So, on that note, we're going to take a very quick break, but we'll be back in the second half to look at the women's draw and also to reveal our collector set player picks. So, do not go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by NordVPN.
0: NordVPN is a virtual private network, which means it protects your internet connection and privacy online.
1: VPNs create an encrypted tunnel for your data, protecting your online identity by hiding your IP address.
0: But what does this mean for our tennis weekly listeners? Well, we chose to partner with NordVPN because it will allow you to watch tennis wherever you are.
1: With NordVPN, you can connect to servers around the world. So when you're looking to watch live tennis and get that pesky message, this stream is not available in your market, all you have to do is open NordVPN, click on a location and you'll be connected in seconds.
0: Personally, I've been using NordVPN for the last two years since I moved to Denmark allowing me to still connect to my UK streaming services and watch all the tennis matches I need to in order to provide the best analysis I can every week on the podcast.
1: So if you're looking to watch every court at Wimbledon but you can't in your market, or you're on your summer holiday and want to keep up on all the action from SW19, then NordVPN has you covered.
0: Download NordVPN today with our exclusive deal at nordvpn slash tennisweekly but make sure you use our link to secure the best deal and support the podcast. It really does help us keep doing what we love.
1: Plus, it's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Sign up before the players are ready and take to the court. Welcome back to the Tennis Weekly Podcast, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to move on to look at the women's draw for the championships 2023 uh quarter one we do have the top seed iga Fiontek, uh spearheading that one but it's not the easiest of uh draws to be fair like it's not the easiest of quarters for her um we've got coco goff in there as well uh we've got victoria azarenka Kazakina, um, a whole host of um also, you know, some, some former Grand Slam champions, Venus Williams, Sophia Kennan is in there um, as a qualifier. So, yeah, lots to unpick from this section of the draw. Um, what matches kind of drew your, drew your eye, Chris, when you were looking through the women's draw earlier?
0: Well, Kim, as always, I'm in the trenches watching the draw live and there were gasps around audible garfs when venus williams fitolina came up because i think that they are two fan favorites who both got wild cards and you almost can't believe they drew each other i think it's probably one where the crowd will be very split in terms of who they will want to win that one i think venus hopefully in terms of the history she has at the championships will have a lot of support there but that's definitely a match you'd like to see on a great sort of show court and then i guess the kenan Goff match i mean Kenin has been playing very well in qualifying um, I believe there's a certain uh, certain individual might have secured a cap from Sophia Kennan at qualifying. Is that right, Kim?
1: Yeah, big shout out to my dad. He got Sophia Kennan to sign his peat cap after her first qualifying match, which he was quite chuffed about. So. Is that a
0: good omen, though? Will that mean? Well, Will it become more valuable as the tournament goes on, Kim?
1: Maybe so. The last signed cap he got, got was from Sabine Lisicki as well. So I don't know what that says about my dad's taste in tennis players or you know, finalists
0: future
1: a... <laughs> for uh Kennan. Yeah. Um but yeah I'm excited for that for that match. I think that's obviously one of the ones that, that kind of caught my eye as well. Um and there's a few Brits in this section as well. Katie Swan has got Belinda Benchich. Um Katie Swan being on a wild card and Harriet Dart on a wild card has got Deanne Parry. Um so and Jody Burridge as well, Katie McNally so a lot of Brits in this section. Um some of them I think more winnable than others, I think all winnable, if you think about it. Uh, even the bench one, to be quite honest with you. Um, so let's hope that the British girls can get some some good performances and uh be moved upon, you know, be moved along by the home support, um, as we've seen in the past. Um also some question marks potentially over Schwantec she pulled out of um Bad Homburg with sort of a food poisoning like fever. So, you know, depending on how quickly she recovers. that that she may not be at her best. And she's not in the same section as Rabakina, who will be opening proceedings on Tuesday. So Shavante will will be playing on on Monday. So that's even less time for her to recover. So yeah, kind of got that at the back of my mind when I was thinking about my predictions, actually.
0: Yeah, there are some question marks there. And I saw some clips and it seems like she's playing in grass court, like a clay court this year. And um, she's made her first ever semi-final on grass. And then she pulled out. I do think there is this real tendency for players to um, pull out of matches when it comes to that week before a slam um, and to err on the side of caution. So food poisoning is awful um, and that can really take it out of you, but I do hope it's more on the fever side of things and that maybe it might just be um, not too bad an instant because there isn't a great deal of time to recover from something like that. And um, I kind of only the likes of kind of Serena Williams and Djokovic can kind of play when they seem to be kind of have a fever and, and be down. So it feels like, um, she'll be hoping to recover in time, and we want to see her fully fit for that one. We do have to give a special mention as well um, for a match that Joel would have, without question, mentioned, which is Trevisan versus Cerebres Tormo. And if we're talking about matches that might go five sets um, on the men's side, I think this has the longest match in Wimbledon hi- women's um, uh, history, kind of uh, on the cards, minus the tie, obviously the tie break will cut it short, but... That screams final set tiebreak, don't you think, Kim?
1: If they could play five sets, they would. Uh, <laughs> they is what really I think. Would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's that. That would be a disappointment if it's like love and one. Uh, to be to be honest, so I hope for Joel's sake uh, they they live up to our billing. Uh, in the second quarter, we've got um, a number of players who I think could potentially break through and go quite far here. Actually, um, you know, we've got the, the top two seeds in this section: are Pagula and Garcia. Um, Garcia, she did. Retire from Eastbourne with a like shoulder injury. So I'm really not sure how bad that might be if it was just precautionary. Um, other, you know, her draw's okay if if it is, uh, but it will, you know, depend on how physically she is. And Jessie Pagula, she's got a tough opener with Lauren Davis, who's quite nifty on a grass court. Um, but I think in this section of the draw, the player that's really caught my eye was Donna Vekic because she's had some great wins, you know, in the last couple of weeks on a grass court. We know she loves the grass. I think she's been to the quarterfinals here. Can she go even further this year, Joel? Uh, Chris, looking at the draw. <laughs>
0: Um, I'll answer for both Joel and Chris um, for this one. I'll do my best. I think that based on what Joel has gone for in his predictions, I think we both think she can go pretty far here. So um, she's played some great tennis, and she's always been a great grass court player. Um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, Some of the matches, I think the Wimbledon match against Conta um, was just an unbelievable women's tennis match that really sticks out for me in my memory as just being um, top tier serving and top tier grass court tennis. Um, and I think this is definitely a section where there's a lot of opportunity for Vekic um, she really has got her ranking all the way back to where it was before she obviously had a very bad run with injury um, she's got great form and hopefully she's able to kind of take that all the way through here unless unless Sloane Stevens puts in a good performance the famous grass quarter that she is Um, I don't think she's played a warm-up tournament, but if they do play in a potential round two match, um, I would be a bit torn on that one, Kim. I'm not sure, but uh, there's definitely potential here for some surprise packages um, in this section. Do you think Pagula will make it all the way? Do you think that we're going to get the seedings living up to their billing here?
1: Well, Pagula's normally very consistent at a slam. So I think if she makes it past Lauren Davis, I can see her reaching the fourth round, but I I have high hopes for Samsonova. Maybe Kouda I mean, you know, these are two players that weren't allowed to play here last year. You know, we've got to remember the Russian and Bella Russian players are back. So that's a whole year where we don't know what they would have done on on, on the Wimbledon grass. So perhaps that brings in an unknown entity to some extent. Um, I think a lot of those players will be jumping with joy that the fact that they are allowed to be here and compete so maybe they're going to try and make the most of it even more than they you know typically would so that's you know something to consider um I don't have high hopes for Garcia though I don't think she's been in quite the right form and obviously with this injury um so I am looking at like the Vekic's and the Samsonova's to to kind of come through actually uh, probably over Pagula um looking at the third quarter as well this could be the toughest section of them all um, along with maybe the first quarter because here we have got the defending champion Elena Rabakina. We've also got last year's finalist Anjabor and we've got previous champion Petra Kvitova here. um, Also former finalist Karolina Pliskova and Elena Ostapenko, who has been in really good form but um, you know also has just retired from um, her match in Eastbourne as well. I think she said she was feeling dizzy so perhaps a bit of a question mark over her current uh, sort of health and fitness um yeah but what what jumped out at you from from this section because there's a lot of good grass courters i think in in this section and i there's not it's not going to be easy whoever i think whoever comes through this will really have had to have battled hard to get there
0: yeah i mean if you look at the the draw here with Rebecca Ons, obviously as we've talked about it was last year's final so um that really is a fantastic um kind of two fantastic grass court players who, you know, that went to three sets last year. We've also got kind of Kvitova. And I think a lot of people are really willing Kvitova, on, Kvitova onto a good result here. We talked about it last time, how she hasn't gone past, I think, the um, the fourth round or the third round here um, for some time, I think since 2014, since her last win. So it's been a case where she's put the grass court results in prior to Wimbledon and then been upset. So a lot of people would like to see Kvitova go deep. She's playing the tennis. And if she is on an on week, um, she can do a lot of damage here. And personally, I think this is the diff- the most difficult section. I think there are, there are threats all over and her dad, Maya, we haven't even mentioned who obviously had that phenomenal grass court season last year. So when it came to the predictions, we've got a lot of players who a little bit unknown how they'll play on the day. And Rebecca, I don't know what you think, but she's pulled out of a few tournaments recently. She's obviously not recovered from uh, that illness that she had in Paris. And, I don't know if that makes it hard to predict that she will go go deep here.
1: Yeah, she said she was still like feeling, I think, some you know ongoing like symptoms or still recovering from that illness. So, yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect. And I think you know was last year. She, she's obviously proved that last year wasn't you know a one off. She has got to the Australian Open final, had some great wins as well since. But it's so hard, isn't it, to win your first Slam and then like defend it twelve months later. So I think the odds are against her. In, in that respect anyway. So I think she should probably try and just go in and, and like take the pressure off and not think too much about the expectation. But obviously all eyes are going to be on her because of what she did a year ago. Um, yeah, it's it's not easy um, with with this one. And, and Shelby Rogers is known to be a bit of a giant killer. So that's, yeah, not the easiest opener. Um, I also think Yelena Ostapenko, she could have... Um, Sorana Castella or Tatiana Maria in the second round. You know, Maria was, what, the semi-finals last year? Semi-finals she got last
0: year, yes.
1: Castella, also another giant killer. So oh, that's that's not easy. There is just like no easy match. Nowhere I think, to in hide section.
0: in third quarter.
1: Um, I think Katie Balter's got a nice draw though. Uh, you know, British wildcard. Obviously, she won Nottingham. She's got Daria Savile in the first round. So I think that's definitely winnable for Balter. Um, so I'd like to see her pick up a few wins here and, and make the most of... Her recent grass court success. Um, Andrescu is also in the section of the draw, uh, unseeded, just just there. I think she could perhaps pick up a few wins. She might face Jabal in the third round. So, yeah, this is a very um, difficult section, and I commend anyone who does come through it. Um, let's look finally at the last quarter. Uh, here we've got the likes of Maria Sakkari and Arena Sabalenka. That that would be the sort of uh, predicted quarter, but I'm also looking at Carolina Mukova, recent French Open finalist. I'm looking at Barbora Krajikova, who I know you always have high hopes for, Chris.
0: Always have high hopes for
1: <laughs> Madison Keys. I think she's a very solid player. Um, and your niemeyer, that surprise quarter finalist as well from, from 12 months ago, is, is here. Um, yeah, where were your eyes drawn to on this section of the draw? Who do you think is most likely to come through?
0: Well, I mean, I've seen Mcavoy play at um Wimbledon before and I think she took out Pliskova that year and she's got the perfect game for grass. I think she's got the perfect game for pretty much every court except for maybe, you know, an ultra quick um sort of hard court maybe. I think that would be where she can't do as much with the ball. Um no, I think that she, I would love to see her have another deep run and kind of cement her status right at the top of top of the game. She's obviously taking some time off. Um, so I do think that it's a difficult one to predict because you never know how it's going to go. And obviously, Yul Nemo in the first round is a very difficult first round match, especially given how much Yul obviously loves to play at Wimbledon. I'm not really looking at Sakari. I know we always say this. I think whether it's Kostjuk in the first round or Bedosa in the second round, I don't think she's going to have a deep run here. Um, and then I would say there's, you know, Mira Andruva. That mm. could be an interesting one. Um, she opens against Wang and then in the, the second round that could be Kujikova. So I'm 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 thinking this might be one where the seeds might not match up again. Um, because I also think that Alexandrova could be a could be a very tricky um fourth round opponent for Sabalenka. So the Sabalenka question for me would be of the uh, of the draws that I've seen of top seeds, you know, potentially Kimuna Georgi and then potentially a Mukova or Alexandrova who both of in form i think it could be a really tough ask to get to the the final here
1: yeah and i'm just wondering who's going to be maybe the, like the yule niemeyer of, of 2023 um mm. uh, surprise package <laughs> yeah. um and andreva i had high hopes i think based on what i saw from her roland Garros, she's she's qualified through um I think she could spring a surprise. It is, it's, I mean, we say this every time, it's incredibly difficult. And uh, I wouldn't want to be in this draw myself. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can only play who you've got, you know, in front of you on the other side of the net. And I guess um, whether certain players will be looking at all the ramifications of, of their quarters, I, I don't know. But um, <sighs> Sabalenka, I, I know she's got some potentially tricky ones. I still think she's going to come through. Um, I think she's, once she gets onto that grass, I think she's got the weapons and as long as she can execute, I think she's, will be very hard to beat. Uh, That brings us on to our women's predictions, uh, Chris. And I think, you know, Compared to our predictions for the men, where we were fairly aligned, we all have the same champion, that's not the case with the women's draw. So oh
0: my, I've just seen who I put. I've just, <laughs> it looks a bit different now we've gone through the analysis, doesn't it? Yeah, well,
1: when did you make these uh, predictions? I did it immediately as it was draw? happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did it before.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's tell uh, let's tell our listeners what we've gone for. So quarter uh, quarter one, who do you have as your matchup?
0: I think I'm still in the safe zone here. i gone for Sviontek and Goff.
1: Yeah, I've actually gone for the same, and so has Joel. Uh, what about your second quarter? Uh,
0: this is where the differences start, isn't it, Kim? I've gone for Samsonova-Vekic.
1: Oh, I've gone for Samsonova as well. Um, and I was debating endlessly about Vekic, and I thought, oh, maybe she's going to fizzle out earlier than we think. So I've gone for Um And Joel, Joel though, has gone for Vekic, but he's gone for Zheng, actually, mm. um, which I think actually could be quite a good shout.
0: Could be a good shout.
1: Um, I'm kind of sticking a bit with Samsonova, though. I predicted her to win Wimbledon, I think, two you years did. ago. I, I remember
0: listening to that <laughs> as well. Yeah, you love every year. There's one really rogue winner prediction from you, Kim.
1: So, you know, and I, I almost got Mook of a right maybe three years after I predicted her at the French, so you never know. Um, what about your third quarter final, Chris?
0: Well, I went for Kvita Ostapenko because I just think on their day, they can cause some problems
1: oh joel's gone for exactly the same and i've oh, gone that's for something a kiss of death <laughs> i've gone for something completely different i've not looked at recent form i've gone for Anjibor and elena rabakina last year's final being repeated in the quarterfinal um so uh, for, i don't know i'm not so sure about that now i've seen both of your predictions but let, let's let see and what about your fourth quarter final?
0: i've gone kujikova alexandrova
1: oh okay yeah uh, well, Joel's gone for Kraschikova as well. He's gone for Sabalenka alongside her. I've also gone for Sabalenka, but I've gone for Madison Keys because I think she's a very solid player. Uh, seems to be getting some wins this week, and I think I also predicted her in the quarters at the French, but I think she you didn't. Did, get and it there. didn't go that well. <laughs> so
0: you're sticking with your guns.
1: <laughs> she she will not let me down this time. Come on, Madison. Um, what about your semi final then? Uh, yeah, what's your semi final lineup?
0: So I've gone for an upset. I've never seen Coco Gauff play better than she has this week. I think something's changed. Gauff, Vekic is going to be in one semi-final and then I've gone really rogue on Kvitova-Alexandrova.
1: Okay, Alexandrova as a semi-finalist. Interesting. But yeah, I don't don't see why not. Um well, I've gone for Shiontek. I feel like she'll overcome her food poisoning fever whatever it is and I, I still feel like at a slam
0: even with a fever she's gonna she even do. with a
1: fever she's probably still the favorite over goth. um although it is grass so hey ho. but i've gone for sviontek versus kudometeva um and i've gone for Rabakina versus sabalenka So, uh, which is a repeat of the Australian Open final. And Joel has gone for Svjantek against Vekic and Kvitova against Sabalenka. So, yeah, a couple of uh, similarities as well. So who's your final between, Chris?
0: Well, I've gone for Goff and Kvitova. I think um, I'm not feeling too confident. And I said that Coco is going to win it. I just think it's time. I think something's changed. I'm doing a U-turn. This is Coco's moment.
1: So Coco Goff is winning Wimbledon. Yeah,
0: she's winning Wimbledon.
1: <laughs> I have gone for Shiontek against Sabalenka. So I feel like uh yeah, I, I feel like Rebecca might not go all the way this time. Um I've gone for Sabalenka as my champion. She's just going to have too much firepower in the final and serve amazingly well to win it. Uh but Joel has gone for Shiontek against Kvitova with Shiontek winning. That's a so little rogue. We have, have three different think. champions yeah, from we do. our predictions. The, the women, uh, Shontek, Sabalenka, or Goff. Listeners, do you agree with any of those? Uh, let we'll us know your the, thoughts. We'll put
0: them all up on social media and please do let us know who you, who you think might have got it right because I'm not sure that we know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we sort of clutching at straws. We're, we're, <laughs> we're making it up as we go along. No, uh, Wimbledon is going to spring some surprises, I think, that's for sure. Um, one uh, other predictions challenge, obviously, that we run is collector set. So I think it is now time to reveal our collector set picks for Wimbledon 2023. Um, For any listeners who are maybe new or haven't played it before, it's basically our predictions challenge that we run. um, And you have six different players, three men, and three women, and you have to tell us what round you think they're going to get to in the draw. So will they get to the second round? Will they get to the fourth round? Will they get to the quarterfinals? Um, Or will they win? Um, so, you need to tell us uh, which round you think they're going to reach. And if, if you're predicting them to get to the final, we need to know if they're going to win or they're going to be like the losing finalist. So, um, there is a prize on offer. It's a very special tennis weekly mug. Um, who wouldn't Very want hard one of to get hold crests? of. Very yeah, hard they to get are hold of. Limited edition. So, um, it's definitely worth your while entering. Plus, you know, it's just the pride from winning um it's a very Weird hard as a challenge pride, it
0: really is it's if you can win at collector set you really must be doing something right
1: <laughs> absolutely so we'll need predictions in before play starts on monday morning uk time um but now is the time to reveal who our player picks are going to be so chris would you like to kick us off and do the honors and reveal our male collector set players
0: indeed so we have francis tfo newly in the top 10 we've got Andy Murray, and we've got Casper Rude.
1: Ooh, TFO Murray and Rude. That's that's quite tough. I think they're all quite tough, those ones. Um, So I will reveal our female player picks. Uh, We have Iga Svjante, world number one. We have Petra Kvitova, two-time former Wimbledon champion. And we've got Donna Vekic, who, as we said earlier, is in good form. She's got her seeding up. To do, two of us have her going to the semi-finals. You know, what's she going to do for you? Um, have a look at the draws, make your predictions, let us know on social media, or you can email us, uh, let us know your predictions. What are you thinking for all of those players? Francis TFO, Andy Murray, Kasper Rude, Igor Sviontek, Petra Kvitova and Donna Vekic. Let us know how far you think they're going to go in the Wimbledon draw. Um, and we'll be revealing our picks in our next episode Can't which wait, will be kim. our round Cannot one wait. catch up
0: <laughs> <laughs> more predictions
1: more slam spoons of shame i, I still think, got it from the last
0: time i want to get you rid do. of it as soon as possible kim <laughs> um
1: but yeah we'll be back on tuesday night i think to do our round one catch up um and we'll be looking at any surprises from the first couple of days uh, i'll be sharing my experience because i'm planning on being there for day day one and day two, actually. So I'll be on site, hopefully, to bring, um, yeah, some kind of local insight. Uh, I'll be frequenting Courtside the Wimbledon analysis. queue as well, as usual. <laughs> so I'm going off to pack my bags and my tent very shortly.
0: Wonderful. And please do tell us how that goes, Kim, because I'm thinking about camping later in the week. So that would be ideal. Any tips, maybe we'll do like a Kim's guide to the to the queue that might be something our listeners could really use and find helpful
1: unofficial guide to the queue yeah because there is the official queue guide the wimbledon publish um which fortunately doesn't feature a picture of carlos alcaraz and yannick sinner on the front <laughs> they don't um, can, <laughs> maybe i could design my own and you know put other players on there. but um yeah listeners i hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the Tennis Weekly Podcast, reviewing the Wimbledon draw. I hope that's got you excited and ready for the championships to start on Monday. Do remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all of the action from the ATP and WTA tours. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
0: You can also follow us on social media or email the show, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. And all those channels, we're Tennis Weekly Pod. So do follow us for all of our updates from Wimbledon. And I'm sure we'll be posting pictures from the queue and from when Kim and I are on site later in the week. Um, You can also email the show tennisweeklypod at gmail.com or check out our website, tennisweekly.co.uk.
1: And we'll be back next Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ for our round one Wimbledon catch-up. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We will see you again soon.